RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. The Security Bureau tells RTHK officials didn't need to declare they were attending a dinner where they were fined for violating social distancing rules because it was a social event. An academic testifying at national security suspect Tong Ying Kit's trial says the slogan Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times means different things to different people. And a factory fire in Bangladesh kills at least 52 people. RTHK has been told by the Security Bureau that there was no need for officials to declare attending a dinner gathering where they were fined for violating social distancing rules because it was a social event. It was also revealed that the host paid for the meal. Timmy Sung reports. Under Secretary for Security Sonny Ao, Director of Immigration Ao Ka Wen, and Commissioner of Customs and Exiles Hermes Tang, were fined by police who turned up at a dinner while investigating a separate matter. The Security Bureau says in a statement that three men wrongly believed that they were not subject to a cap on gatherings because they were in a private venue, reportedly a club in Wan Chai. A spokesman says the host told them it was a private premises, and they therefore mistakenly believed that the venue fell outside group gatherings rules. The trio admit being negligent and lacking sensitivity, the spokesman says, and have pledged to be more careful when attending future events. Media reports suggested the meal could have cost more than $3,000 per head, and in a likely reference to this claim, the statement notes that the food served consisted of normal hot pot ingredients. The Security Bureau has told RTHK that the host of the dinner paid for everyone, but it doesn't know how much the bill came to. It says being as the dinner was a social event, the officials did not need to declare it. A retired government official, former Deputy Secretary for Economic Services, Elizabeth Bosher, says the trio might have breached civil service rules. Well, it's astonishing that um, three such senior officials seem to be um, not totally familiar or in the sense of pleading ignorance of the law in this case and of civil service rules. I mean, it's a long and very well-established fact that, that you have to be very careful about accepting in entertainment when you're, when you're a civil servant. A University of Hong Kong academic testifying on day 10 of national security suspect Tong Ying Kit's trial says the slogan, Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times, meant different things to different people, and it doesn't necessarily mean overthrowing a regime. Jimmy Choi reports. Tong Ying Kit, 24, is charged with terrorism and inciting secession for allegedly driving his motorbike into a group of police officers while flying a protest flag that read, Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times, on July the 1st last year, one day after the security legislation came into effect. On day 10 of the trial, three High Court judges ruled there was a case for the defence to answer. The defence opened the case by inviting the expert witness, Professor Elisa Lee, from the University of Hong Kong's Department of Politics and Public Administration, to testify. Professor Lee said according to Hai, a classical Chinese dictionary, the words guang folk, or reclaim in English, means restoring an old undertaking, or returning to a previous condition. She said from a historical point of view, the words can mean restoring ancestors' undertaking, and they don't necessarily mean taking over a regime. She noted that between 2012 and 2018, the term Guangfok was used in a series of community projects targeting mainland parallel traders, such as Reclaim Shanshou and Reclaim Tun Moon. She said they had reason to believe when activist Edward Leung coined the slogan, Reclaim Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times, they had in mind the community protests over the years.
The academic noted that study shows that the slogan became popular on the LIHKG forum since July 2019. She also said while the words of the slogan remained the same in 2016 and 2019, the context in which Learn used it in 2016 and how protesters used it in 2019 was different. The professor said different from past large-scale protests, the anti-extradition protests in 2019 were largely leaderless. At least 52 people have been killed in Bangladesh when a fire broke out in a food processing factory near the capital, Dhaka. It's not immediately clear what triggered the blaze. The BBC's Akbar Hossein is in Dhaka. This is a huge factory which employs more than 7,000 workers, and fire broke out in one of the buildings in the factory compound where more than 1,000 workers were on duty yesterday evening. The firefighters they told us that they have uh, entered into the uh, building in search of dead bodies, or they are trying to find out whether anyone is alive or not. So they are giving us a hint that the death toll might increase significantly because many people are still unaccounted for. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past eleven. Democratic Party Chairman Lokin Hay has urged the government to clarify rumours that dozens of pro-democracy district councillors could soon be unseated for being unpatriotic. Violet Wong reports. The rumours of disqualifications linked to an upcoming requirement for district councillors to take an oath of allegiance to the SAR have prompted a wave of resignations. <laughs> Lokin Hay told an RTHK radio program that more than 10 of around 80 councillors from his party resigned on Thursday. It's been reported that any councillors disqualified for past behaviour deemed unacceptable may have to pay their salaries back. Mr. Lo said the rumours feel like an ultimatum, and some of the councillors from his party are still thinking about whether to quit or not. He said everyone has different considerations, including the level of risk they can accept, and how much they could contribute to their communities if they stayed on as councillors. Mr. Lo, who chairs Southern District Council, said the administration should come forward to explain the arrangements for the oath taking. And put a stop to all the rumors and guesswork. He has also written an open letter to Chief Executive Carrie Lam, saying it would be unreasonable to recoup salaries and allowances from councillors who have been serving their constituents since last year. He says stripping them of their seats would disrespect voters who put them in office and seriously undermine people's confidence in the electoral system. Hong Kong and mainland officials have criticised the European Parliament for calling for tough measures over the national security law, and what the Europeans see as a crackdown on press freedom here. Here's Altis Wong. The office of the Commissioner of the Foreign Affairs Ministry in Hong Kong said the European Parliament distorted facts with ulterior motives, trampled on the rule of law and judicial independence of the SAR, and tried to whitewash certain media outlets and executives who were suspected of engaging in criminal acts under the pretext of press freedom. It said the body used every means to endorse anti-China destabilizing forces in Hong Kong, accused Beijing in a condescending manner, and threatened. To impose sanctions on China, all this is said has laid bare the deep-rooted ideological bias of these politicians and their hypocrisy and double standard. 
The other said what they have done is political grandstanding and a stumbling block to mutually beneficial cooperation between China and the EU. Meanwhile, the SAR government has condemned the European Parliament of passing the resolution, which is said trembles on mainland and Hong Kong internal affairs. The spokesman said government officials are not fearful of the so-called sanction, and they are committed to continue carrying out their duty to protect the country. Lawmakers have urged the government to give up plans for a travel bubble with Singapore as the city-state looks to change its strategy against the COVID-19 pandemic to focus on boosting vaccination and relaxing contact tracing and quarantine. Wendy Wong reports. At a Legislative Council meeting, lawmakers said Hong Kong must hold on to its goal of maintaining zero local COVID infections so travel between the SAR and the mainland could resume as soon as possible. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Tian said the SAR should not offer quarantine-free travel to people from places that do not have the same COVID zero target. The mainland will not tolerate any loopholes at our airport. If Singapore really changes its anti-pandemic target, the government can stop talking to the country about setting up a travel bubble, he said. Alice Mack of the Federation of Trade Unions noted that a travel bubble would be beneficial to the tourism industry. But she said the cost would be too high if it jeopardizes Hong Kong's pandemic situation. For places that don't aim to achieve zero infection but hope to live with the virus, we should not have a travel bubble with them, she said. In response, Health Secretary Sophia Chan reiterated Hong Kong still aimed to get rid of all coronavirus infections in the city adding authorities would continue to communicate with their counterparts in Singapore. A plan to launch travel bubble between Hong Kong and Singapore was first delayed in November last year when Hong Kong battled a wave of new infections and postponed again in May when cases surged in Singapore. A structural engineer says a construction blunder at the Pavilia Farm residential complex in Taiwan may involve the wrong type of concrete being used or the right concrete put in the wrong place. Jimmy Choi has more. Property developer New World Development says two towers at a highly popular project under construction in Taiwan will have to be torn down and rebuilt after they failed concrete strength tests. The concrete in some of the walls apparently doesn't meet the requirements of the approved design. Speaking on an RTHK program, structural engineer Ai Hock Yan said there isn't enough information at the moment to conclude what has gone wrong, but some human error could be involved. The engineer said Plants rarely run into problems manufacturing concrete, as their production process has been computerized, and they also carry out many tests every day. But he said the wrong concrete might have been used, and that this concrete wasn't strong enough for the job. Engineering sector lawmaker Lo Wai Kwok said it appears that the construction blunder might be down to poor supervision at the construction site. He said tests on concrete are usually very stringent, and he doesn't think that this is the major cause of the incident. The lawmaker urged the contractor involved and the building's department to carry out a thorough probe, looking into issues such as whether there was a misunderstanding regarding the design plans or a mixing up of different types of concrete. He added that they should also find out why it took so long before the problem was discovered. I think the chance of design error may be low because um, all these um, design drawing etc. Um, has to, you know, gone through very uh, vigorous uh, checking and also assessment by government department. So the chance of some human error in the on-site supervision is one of the directions that uh, they should carry out the investigation. 
Meanwhile, the chief executive of Midland Realty's residential division, Sammy Poe, said although many buyers are concerned about the safety scare, he hadn't yet heard of any deciding to terminate their deals. North Korea has reportedly rejected donations of the AstraZeneca vaccine due to concerns over its potential side effects. The BBC's Celia Hatton has more details. North Korea has yet to confirm a single case of COVID-19, a claim long questioned by analysts. Last week, the country's leader, Kim Jong-un, punished several officials after referring to an unspecified COVID-related incident. But still, North Korea appears to be in no rush to procure vaccines. The Institute for National Security Strategy in Seoul said Pyongyang had rejected donations of AstraZeneca after also refusing Chinese vaccines in the belief they're not effective. The North Korean leadership purportedly favors Russian vaccines. Sports now. The Phoenix Suns have doubled their lead in the NBA Finals. The Suns shot down the Milwaukee Bucks 118-108 to at home in Game 2 for a 2-0 series lead. Devin Booker scored 31 points and Chris Paul added 23. Janis Antetokounmpo had 42 points and 12 rebounds for the Bucks in a losing effort. The series moves to Milwaukee for Games 3 and 4. And for a preview of football's Euro 2020 final between England and Italy on Sunday, here's the BBC's John Bennett. After four weeks, 50 games and 140 goals, we've reached the final of Euro 2020. Italy will take on England at Wembley Stadium in London, with both sides looking to make history for their nations. The Italians haven't won this competition since 1968. Meanwhile, the England team have never lifted the trophy and this is their first major tournament final for 55 years. For Italy, it's a great comeback to international football success after they failed to qualify for the last World Cup. But Roberto Mancini took over as manager and has guided them to a 33-match unbeaten run on their way to the final. England's Euro 2020 really came to life when they knocked out Germany in the last 16 and then thrashed Ukraine 4-0 in Rome in the quarterfinals. Their defence has been exceptional. In fact, a Mikel Damsgaard free kick in the semi-final is the only goal that England have conceded during the whole tournament. With the game at Wembley in London, the vast majority of the 60,000 fans will be cheering for Gareth Southgate's England side. But Italy know the stadium well after beating Spain there in the semi-final on penalties. And their fans will be very loud too. A reminder of our top stories tonight, the Security Bureau tells RTHK officials didn't need to declare they were attending a dinner where they were fined for violating social distancing rules because it was a social event. An academic testifying at national security suspect Tong Ying Kit's trial says the slogan Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times means different things to different people. And a factory fire in Bangladesh kills at least 52 people. The weather forecast, it'll be fine and very hot with temperatures in the region of 28 to 34 degrees and light to moderate southeasterly winds. The outlook, the very hot weather with sunny periods will persist in the next few days, but there'll be a few showers in the middle and latter parts of next week. Currently the observatory, it's 29 degrees Celsius, relative humidity at 82%. And please be advised, the very hot weather warning is still in force. That's the new sports and weather from RTHK. Thanks very much indeed. There'll be an update for you at midnight. But for now, welcome to our Big Bam Friday night.
The BBC's very own big band with Oh Lady Be Good. In fact, when I came here in the mid-80s, they still had the RTHK Orchestra. Couldn't find any recordings from though. On Friday night, that would be worth digging out of something. words poetic, I'm so pathetic that I always have found it best. Instead of getting them off my chest to let them rest unexpressed. I hate parading my serenading as I'll probably miss a bar. But if this ditty is not so pretty, at least it'll tell you how great you are. You're the tablet. You're the Coliseum. You're the top. You're the art museum. You're a melody from a symphony by Strauss. You're a Bendel Bond and a Shakespeare sonnet. You're Mickey Mouse. You're the Nile. You're the Tower of Pisa. You're the smile on the Mona Lisa. I'm a worthless check, a total wreck, a flop. 